Welcome to the Mighty Beast Podcast, Episode 4, Roar. Roar? Roar. We talk about MMA, Jiu-Jitsu, Kickboxing, Muay Thai, anything, everything, whatever. Welcome to the Mighty Beast Podcast, Episode 4. It's been a while, guys. Uh, we're back. Uh, took a little break. Um, just took a little break. Uh, I haven't done a podcast since uh, September uh, 14, which is kind of long. That's that's a pretty long layoff. Uh, to be totally honest with you, it, it's just kind of difficult for me to uh, stay consistent. And, um, you know, it's... It's it's really to be honest, it's really hard having. I mean, trying to keep up and have a podcast and keep it going. Um, I mean, the Godfathers of podcasting, uh, Joe Rogan and uh, the Fighter and the Kid. They you know they got a. I mean, they're they're doing really well with their podcasts, and to them, it's it's kind of a job, and you know that's something I wasn't doing, and. Um, but anyways, we're we're back. Um, uh, a lot's happened since September fourteen. It's. Uh, today is, honey. What's today's date? Can't, she can't hear me. Anyways, today is October twenty third, Tuesday at around nine thirty p.m. And you'll probably be hearing this the next day, but uh, not a lot has changed. Um, like I said, we're back, and uh, just to give you a rundown what I've been up to, uh, you know, just watching fights. Uh, still doing photography, doing a lot of real estate photography, and for some reason now I'm getting hit up by a lot of um, families. And uh, did a a wedding, or, yeah, did a wedding in between, and uh, again, like I said, shooting a lot of real estate photography, and uh, been getting hit up by some friends and family doing family photos. You know, the holidays are around the corner, and it's it's good right now. Um, one thing. Uh, that's been helping me is my wife. Uh, she's got a new outlook on things. She went to a Tony Robbins thing out here in San Mateo, and it's really changed the way uh, the dynamic is here at home because she, you know, she brings that um, that she brings that positivity that Tony Robbins brings and all of his seminars, and it rubs off. And um, I love it. It's it's. It's uh, it's fun because you know we we have a totally different uh, way that we're doing things now. You know, a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of increase in um, work productivity and a lot of goals that are being um, written down and a lot of goals to to fulfill and it's and it's good. Um, so in between September fourteenth and now there was there's a, there's a lot that's that's happened and uh, I did a few podcasts um, I did kind of like a fight companion you know like a Joe Rogan fight companion for the Triple G fight but unfortunately my uh, my cousins were just cursing and saying the N word a little too much so I couldn't really post that um, you know the Conor McGregor and Khabib Nurmagomedov fight happened and. That was amazing, and you know all the stuff that happened after that. But uh, we're not going to talk about anything 
any of that stuff. I mean, we, that stuff's kind of overdue and uh, just wanted to update you on what's been going on. And, um, you know, like real, like I said, real estate photography has been a big part of what I've been doing uh, for the past uh, year. And it's been pretty good to me. Um, I'll tell you right now, the, the real estate prices here in California are insane, especially here in San Francisco. Um, just the other day, I shot a property in uh, Brisbane, which is right, which is a city right next to San Francisco. It's such a small city, um, but you know those homes are already going for uh, a good million, million and a half. And some of these homes are really beautiful. You know, Brisbane. I, I posted on my um, my Instagram the other day that uh, Brisbane is it's beautiful, but there's just too many bugs there for my taste. And uh, as a matter of fact, I'm actually shooting in Brisbane tomorrow. Uh, who knows how much this house is going to cost? But the house I shot in Brisbane the other day was was amazing. It, you know, it had a it had everything that you you would need in a California home. A view of the city. You know, you're kind of you're not super duper near the water, but granted, the water is the bay. Um, it's not the beach or anything like that. But um, been making a lot of connections with realtors. Um, just trying to. You know, at some point I'm I'm trying to kind of build my own empire of uh, real estate photo, video, and drone work. Uh, trying to get a drone pilot's license. Uh, taking my test on the 31st, which is Halloween. Um, and uh, a lot of opportunities are coming my way for that type of stuff. So I'm excited to uh, get a drone and get a get a pilot's license and really start to make. Uh, trying to take my my craft to another level. I mean, so many things that you can do with a drone, as far as uh, video. But for me, I'm really aiming for um, the aerial photography aspect of it, and um, trying to make some good some good coin on uh, some real estate video, and just just to add on to my uh, arsenal of uh, creative uh, arts as far as photography and video and and drone work is concerned. Um, uh, going back to uh, real estate, um, I was uh, I shot a property in Daly City, which is a suburb kind of of San Francisco, just right down down into the peninsula of San Francisco. And wow, I mean, this one of the houses that I shot was literally only about nine hundred fifty square feet, and it was a flat ranch style home, uh, and this house was was you know it's a, it's a fixer upper for sure for for those of you that are into that type of stuff but it i asked the realtor i was like well, man how much is this how much is this house because the it's it's kind of insane out here i i've said it before but it's it really is insane because um i was looking on my instagram and a, a realtor friend of mine a good friend of mine uh, gabe gomez uh, down in uh, san diego uh he had posted a a home that just sold and it was it looked like a brand new home beautiful kitchen beautiful fucking everything you know beautiful floors beautiful uh decorations and it, it was just staged amazing and you know I, I i asked him how much that house was and he said it went for five hundred fifty-seven thousand in chula vista which is a town outside of uh the main city of san diego beautiful beautiful home and meanwhile i'm shooting this home in Daly City that uh, 
as a total fixer upper. I mean, even the the, the dishwasher was um, probably older than I was, um, but it was staged really nice. It had a view of uh, the city, but you know that part of town in uh, in Daly City, um, this is like Broadmoor Village, uh, Westlake area. If you're familiar, this thing was going for eight eighty five, and it was nine hundred fifty square feet, which is ridiculous two bedroom one bath one car garage uh one of the highlights according to the the realtor was it has a mud room i don't know what the hell a mud room is uh she explained it to me i guess back in i don't know colonial days or <laughs> whatever um a mud room is where you would put your muddy shoes or muddy um or your umbrellas or your jackets uh, which is totally uh, like unrealistic here because we don't. It doesn't snow. It does rain, but um, it's just a little room right near the front door where you would stick your wet shit. And I was like, "This is this is supposed to be the uh, the highlight of the house." But the view was beautiful. I'm not gonna lie. But I think we were lucky that day because there was no fog at that point in Daly City. So. Weather's probably going to change sometime soon um, here in San Francisco. It's, it's getting cold. Um, Halloween is upon us. Um, like I said, today is the... Uh, what's today? See, I already forgot what today was. Today's the 23rd. My son's birthday is on Friday, which is the 26th, and we're excited about that. Um, but more on that a little bit later. Um, one thing that I've been that I that I'm doing and one thing that has been kind of a big thing in my life is that um I'm doing sober October so I've been sober no weed no drinks no drugs no nothing uh for the whole month of October and that's including my son's birthday party which is uh, on the 27th so um I'm not gonna lie it it was really hard in the beginning because you know like I was so used to smoking weed all the time during training during um right before I go to sleep and you know I was having a little bit of trouble sleeping um earlier on I still have a little bit of trouble but you know it's 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 working out um but I do feel good I've lost a little you know not not a lot of weight but I you know I I used to have at least maybe like a glass of wine every one or like every one or two days or a beer every one or two days and uh haven't been smoking so you know I haven't had the munchies or anything like that and um yeah I, I mean I think right before I started Sober October I was walking around at about uh 175 to 178 but now I'm at a consistent 170 to 173 um my jiu-jitsu has been pretty good I mean I you know I still get a little winded here and there but um, I feel good. Uh, I, I, I'm pretty sure um, after this, I'm really going to cut down on smoking. Um, probably cut down on drinking also. I, uh, it was weird because I, I went to a friend's uh, party out in um, one of the bars here, uh, Barbarossa here in the city. Uh, chic bar. I actually got to meet uh, Shinju Eau Claire. She's a Ryzen FC um, I don't know what weight class she's in, but uh, I got to see her there, which was kind of exciting because I've uh, I've seen her fight before in, on TV or on the internet, and it, it was cool to see her because she does train out um, 
She just trained out in uh, San Francisco with El Nino. It was cool to see an MMA fighter there. And, uh, you know, to be honest, you know, I was one of the guys that was just drinking water. I mean, my wife is actually joining me on this um, Sober October uh, trip. And it's, you know, it's been, yeah, it's been, it's been really good. Um, besides the sleep thing, uh, it's been really good. Like, my memory is pretty spot on at this point. Like, I'm not really second-guessing my memory choices or anything like that. And, again, my training has been uh, pretty good. And uh, I'm pretty – I'm proud. I'm proud of it. It, it. I got this idea, of course, from Joe Rogan. He's doing it also. And I think a lot of people should do the same uh, – not really do the same, but I think they should, you know, challenge themselves in that way if they're um, – if they're, you know, struggling with, you know, substance or if they're, um, or even if it's like a diet thing, you know, like where if, uh, you know, you give yourself a month to kind of detox, if, you know, you know, you eat like shit, maybe for a month you, 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 you get in and, you know, eat clean or eat good for, for a whole month straight. And, uh, you know, you, you really get tested and you really, um, you reap the results of it. You know, it, it, it does feel good. Like for me right now, I feel like I'm talking pretty, pretty good because, you know, I'm not stoned or anything like that, or I haven't been stoned. So I have a lot to say. Um, so sober October has been pretty good to me. Um, so I, I urge everyone to, to maybe follow suit. I mean, not, not, any, not anything drastic, maybe like a month, but they should really challenge, challenge yourself. You know, it, it, you know, something that my wife was um, telling me was, you know, be the bulldog. And, you know, like I, during the first week, you know, I was kind of bitching and moaning. And, um, you know, I was thinking my, I might be going through withdrawals and whatnot. But, you know, it's, I feel good. So, sober October, uh, I will have a glass of wine on the 31st, um, which is a Wednesday. I think that's Halloween Wednesday. I think so. Hopefully I'm right, um, but um, yeah, I will celebrate, and that's that's actually the day I take my drone test. So hopefully I'm celebrating with a glass of wine that I do that I did get my drone license, and uh, I did fail the first time to be honest because I only studied for maybe about four to five hours, uh, but I've been studying, so yeah. Um, something interesting that happened to me the other day. You know, I was studying for my drone exam, and um, I was on my, you know, I can't study at home because there's just too much distraction, you know, porn or, like, um, the dogs or, you know, just being on the couch or being near the bed. Um, uh, this week hasn't, it's not super busy for me as far as photography, so um, I, I had a busy week last week, but uh, this week's been pretty good. I've been handling a little bit of pro uh, property management stuff. Um but uh, something interesting that happened uh, was I, I was having uh, trouble studying here at home. So I went, I went, you know, my wife, she recommended I go to the library, which is uh, about a block and a half away from my house. And, uh, you know, I, I, I'm like, you know, let's, let's do this. So I walk, I bring my tablet with me. I got my study guides um, preloaded in a PDF. So... You know, I'm able to easily highlight and unhighlight all this stuff. And I'm walking to the library and it ends up being closed. So, you know, I was hungry. It was uh, around lunchtime. So I, 
I decided to go to uh, this new uh, ramen sushi restaurant that have that opened across the way. It used to be a sushi raw. I'm not not sure if you're familiar with that, but it's supposed to be some high end um, sushi restaurant. But that place actually closed down, so now it's a Tenroku ramen place, right? So I'm like, oh, this this place has got to be good. So I walk in, and uh, you know the place looks legit. It's got some good. It's got a good menu. You know, they serve ramen. They serve pokey. They serve um, Japanese food. They serve, uh, um, you know, all sorts of, of good, you know, choices of fish. Just judging by the menu. And uh, red flag, right off the bat. It's a Japanese restaurant. And the employees are Chinese. And don't ask me how I know that. I just know the difference. I, I mean, half of, I'm, I'm sure half... At least half of you guys know the difference between if they're Chinese or Japanese. Right off the bat, they were speaking Chinese to each other. Not, nothing against that, but, you know, I'm, I'm thinking, you know, I'm, I'm walking into a Japanese restaurant, but we got a Chinese sushi chef. I mean, nothing, again, nothing against that, because I've eaten at places that, um, that, have, that have that certain dynamic. But, you know, for me... Especially if you have a if you're advertising ramen, you gotta you gotta be Japanese. Come on, gotta be Japanese. So you know, I was like, you know, fine, I'll um, you know, I'll 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 stick with it. You know, the the price of the ramen itself was, you know, you know, ramen's not cheap, especially like Japanese style ramen. So, uh, you know, you're expecting to pay, you know. At least ten to fifteen dollars for a plate for a bowl of ramen, so you know I go with. So you know I'm like you know I'll stay. I have my study guide. I have my my classical music playing. As for my wife, she was like, you know, you got to study with some, some classical music, and, um. You know the cla- classical music is blasting in my ear, which I which I'm starting to grow pretty fond of at this point, and, um. You know, I look at the menu, and they give you a choice. They go, you first you choose your, the type of ramen you want. So you gotta, I think it's the broth first, which you have a choice of. You know, the, the, uh, tonkatsu, which is you know the pork, the pork broth. Um, then you have a choice of the miso, and then you have the choice of the soy. You know, for me, I like the, the pork broth because it's super milky, super rich, and it just tastes really good. So, I, I. I you know, they give you this little plastic uh, menu thing where you can mark off with a dry erase marker. That's red flag number two. Like, who needs to do all that shit, right? You just need... In other places I've been to in San Mateo, which are amazing places and very simple, they can take down your order really easy. They just have to write it down. We have to... I mean, there was no one in this place. There was one... Me and another person in there. And Do I really need to mark down this dry erase plastic thing with a stinky marker so I, I pick I pick the uh, I pick the uh, the broth and then next you got to pick your meat you know I, I, I didn't want to spend too much because you know I'm kind of on a budget at this point and um, so I go with just a I don't know how to pronounce it shiazu pork I guess it's like a just like a stewed pork I think stewed in like soy or something like that I, I wanted the pork belly but I didn't want to overstep because I, you know, I already had two red flags. And I was like, you know what? I better just stick to it, to what's good. I don't want to go too crazy and maybe 
go with the pork belly because it was a little bit extra and I didn't want to pay too much. So I picked the pork, uh, shells of pork, and then uh, they give you a choice of vegetables, right? Which is something kind of weird, you know? It's like usually it comes stock with like, I don't know, like an egg, um, maybe some sea, I don't know, some seaweed and maybe... Uh, some some accoutrement of some sort, you know, like some veggies or something like that. There was only like four options, which was kind of weird. And, and they were like really weird options at that. So I just picked, I, you know, I marked down the corn. And then there was an add-on section where, you know, it asked you what you want to add on. And it didn't even come with the egg. You got to pay for the fucking egg. It's like a fifty for the egg. And it's not even a whole egg. It's a, it's half an egg. It's a half soft boiled egg. That. That should be coming with the thing, with the, with the meal, so I'm like, you know, I'm I'm gonna live without the egg. I'm just gonna get, you know, the 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 seaweed. Like I like seaweed with, with my ramen, so I just add on the seaweed. And, you know, I'm hungry at this point, so I want you know I, I want a good meal. And, you know, I turn in my order. And mind you, you can add extra meat and whatnot, but dude, it was pretty expensive for what it's worth to add on like little pieces of meat and other things that I would like in there. So I was just like, I'm going to keep it simple and I'm going to just, I'm just going to stick, stick to my guns and just get a simple bowl of ramen with some pork and and this and that. The only thing I added was a corn, which was cool and and the, and the uh, seaweed. And it wasn't even the nori seaweed, right? It was. It wasn't. Even, I wanted the dried seaweed that I could put into the. And don't think I'm gross because that's just me. I I like that shit, but I I got confused. You know, instead of, like I saw a seaweed and I saw a nori. I was like, what the fuck is the difference? I didn't know. if... They don't even tell you what the fuck the difference is. They should say that it's wet seaweed for seaweed and then dried seaweed for nori. I don't know. I'm a dumbass. You know, I I don't. They should make it a little bit more specific. So I turn in my thing. I start listening to my uh, to my classical music, and I'm reading up on you know my my study guide for uh, my drone uh, pilot's license. And you know as I'm going through it, you know they're speaking Chinese, which is still pissing me off. And um, all of a sudden, I hear this loud noise. And they're blasting the warrior game that happened the night before, where they lost. Like the the volume was so loud that I couldn't even hear myself study. So then, you know, I'm kind of looking at the screen and this and that. So they turn it down. Fine. Thank you very much. That that's cool. Thank you. Um, and then my you know I hear the bell ring, ding ding, and then you know the food comes, and it looks pretty decent at this point. You know, I I taste the broth. Uh, it was a little salty for my taste. Uh, the pork was really tender, but it started to get a little salty as well. The noodles were cooked perfectly. That's probably the best part of the the dish. The 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 corn that I, that I added for my veggie, it looked like it came out of a Jolly Green Giant can. You know, like come on, give me some fresh corn. And then the seaweed I found out was wet seaweed which was I wasn't looking for and you know I'm like you know I'm just going to finish it off and you know I get halfway into my bowl which I'm I'm enjoying you know like I already I'm already kind of 
at strike maybe like eight at this point because you know all this stuff is happening around me and I can't you know concentrate on on whatever so I you know I put my shit away as far as my study material and I just put it away and I turn on um I turn on Ariel Helwani's uh podcast and you know I start listening to that and uh halfway into the to my bowl of ramen you know I'm starting to hear this clicking noise and you know I'm thinking maybe it's from you know the my my audio that I'm listening to and it's it's actually not and guess what it is the fucking waitress is cutting her nails behind the fucking sushi counter what the fuck it's going you know that sound that makes when you cut nails just that loud tick 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 I was like what is she doing is she is she like I mean at first I thought she was maybe cutting up some meat which had been or or, or some or some like fish or anything she was cutting up something but it ended up her it ended up being her cutting her fucking nasty nails near the sushi table or the sushi bar how fucking gross is that because you you know damn well that there's some stray ones that fly out right that fly everywhere you know when you cut your nails you know what it sounded like it sounded like her nails were like two millimeters thick and she was cutting they were so loud it almost sounded like she was cutting her toenails like her dead toenails so at that point I'm like I gotta get the fuck out of here luckily she didn't cut her fucking nails before she gave me my food because I would have been pissed if I found a fucking toenail in my fucking I mean a fingernail in my fucking ramen I mean I've been to Vietnamese restaurants where you know they they bring you the bowl of pho and for some reason they have their thumb in it I mean, that's fine, but at least, I mean, this bitch was, she was cutting her fucking nails behind the sushi bar, and her employee, and she was still talking to, she was a waitress, and she was talking to the sushi chef while she was, who knows how many fucking nails are going to be in some of that chicken katsu, or any of the nigiri sushi, or in, or even in the sushi rice, how fucking gross is that? So that was my experience over there. I mean, this was, you know, this is not the main part of the mission. This is kind of like the Excelsior part of the mission. So not sure if they're they're keen on clean stuff like that, but that that to me was ridiculous. My bill came out to 11 something and then, you know, I tipped and I paid about 15% tip, but it only came out to like 13 and a half dollars and change or something like that so 10 roku ramen over there on on mission street probably not the best place to go to for 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 ramen i still believe in going to a japanese place to get some damn ramen and i will from now on never go back to that place i'll probably go back to any of the places i've been in san mateo or something like that much better quality much better tasting and like I said, it was a little salty for my taste, and that you know I kind of like a little bit of salt, but man, that was pretty salty. Something that happened to me yesterday, actually, it didn't happen to just me. It happened to my wife and I. Um, 
we, you know, we, we, I went to training last night and I came home around, you know, 10 o'clock or whatnot. And, um, uh, you know, I was away from about 7.45 till about 10 o'clock and I was out there training some jujitsu and, you know, my wife, uh, she had taken my, uh, my son a bath and because he sleeps fairly early he sleeps around eight o'clock took him a bath and um you know like uh when I got home she was working on her her projects and stuff when I got home and had a great you know like post night where we're just hanging out and you know we're about to have some sex and then um you know we we you know I shower every night especially after jiu-jitsu she showers and whatnot and you know everything's setting the mood and you know we're about to you know we're about to get to get nasty and whatnot, and then all of a sudden I get onto my bed, and mind you, I have a Tempur-Pedic, which we paid about, I think, three to $3,500 for a few years, uh, actually, it's been a while, not a few years ago, but it's been, yeah, pretty, uh, pretty long time ago, and, um, you know, I go down to, you know, I, I change and whatnot, get my lotion on, and, you know, everything's about to go down, it's about to be great. I I go ahead and try to get under the covers and I see a big fucking wet spot. And mind you, I have dogs. I have two dogs. I have a black lab that we rescued and then uh, a puggle, which is a pug and a beagle that we um that we've raised since it's, you know, since it was uh brought out from a puppy mill or something because that's usually what the case is. But turns out my dog pissed on my Tempur-Pedic. And you know me, I, I need to verify this shit. So I dig my nose really in there, and I'm like, she pissed on our bed. It went from our $100-something dollar duvet, or $79 duvet cover, onto our sheets, and into the Tempur-Pedic. So at that point, we ain't fucking anymore. Uh, it kind of changed, it kind of fucked up the mood, I'm not going to lie, and it, you know... I hate the smell of piss. Like, piss is like, ugh. I can't stand the smell of piss. I mean, on my son, fine. You know, like, he, you know, sometimes he'll, his his diaper will, uh, will overflow or something like that because you have too much water. You know, kids love to drink water. But dog piss, uh-uh. it's not going to happen. Um, so... You know, last night I couldn't sleep because I was sleeping on the floor, um, and I started looking up how to how to clean piss out of a mattress. And you know what's what's funny is right when I put H O W G E T P I S S out, like all of a sudden it just starts giving all these results, and wow, the results were amazing. You know, I uh, I looked up how to get piss out of a mattress and it uh it it gives me instructions on what to do but you know I you know we have a Tempur-Pedic so we I looked up how to get piss out of a Tempur-Pedic so this morning you know I read up on it last night and then uh this morning uh, I followed the steps so if ever this happens to you if ever your kid or if your dog pisses on your memory foam mattress follow these steps so what it says is to make sure you get as much moisture out as possible. So like if if it just happened, you know, you want to get some towels and you want to get some paper towels and you want to, 
you'll blot it and make sure you get as much piss. <laughs> you want to get as much piss out of the mattress. And um, But for us, you know, it happened earlier in the day, so or early in the night, so it was semi-dry already. And I think the duvet cover and the duvet took... And if you don't know what a duvet is, it's just that thick white blanket that gets and and a cover, but it it um it it absorbed most of it. But I you know I stuck my nose onto my mattress. I did smell piss. You know I I hate piss and uh, um so for our situation was it was somewhat dry. It wasn't like super dry, but it was it was still wet, and I could feel it and I could smell it. So. Um, by us not sleeping on it all last night, you know, it ended up being dry in the morning, but I could still, like in the morning, this morning, I smelled it and, um, it was, there was still piss in there. So, uh, they make you, so here are the directions. So you, you take a 50, 50 solution of, uh, distilled vinegar and, uh, water and you spray that on to the, uh, to the affected area you know I kind of over exaggerate on the area because you just never know so I made a big circle around and I I sprayed it you know it smelled like vinegar but what that does is it deodorizes it so it doesn't smell like piss and if it was dry you want to kind of be a little you want to you want to give it a lot not not a lot but you want to get it damp enough to where you can push down the liquid into the memory foam because I'm sure you know the piss lingered into the middle of the bed so you want to you know like kind of force the the solution to touch you know every part of the spot right there from top to bottom so I started patting it down patting it down patting it down patting it down to the point where it was a big wet spot you know I know where the wet spot is at that point and you know I would rather have it smell like vinegar than piss so the little spot, I sprayed it down with a spray bottle. I didn't use too much water, and, and I'd, I'd say I used about a quarter cup of each, so you know half a cup total of solution. I sprayed it in, and um, the next step is you're supposed to use baking soda for it to, uh, you, you just put a bunch of baking soda over the affected area, and what the baking soda does, it, it absorbs the um, solution and the, the liquid, so it doesn't, so it doesn't, uh, you know, so it'll, so you're not sleep. So it just makes it dry faster. And uh, sure enough, you know, I left it. I mean, you're supposed to leave it for 24 hours, but for us, you know, we had to, you know, we want to sleep on our bed. So total, I think I left it for about 12 to 15 hours. I think. Let me see. I did it at 9:30. So 9:30, 10:30, 30 one thirty, two thirty, three thirty, four thirty, five thirty, six thirty, seven. Yeah, so about twelve hours, and um, you know I was pretty, uh, I was pretty generous with the with the baking soda, because we had a lot of it, anyways. Um, and in the end, you're just supposed to vacuum off all that excess, and then, sure enough, the bed smells great. So if ever that happens to you, because I'm sure you probably have some kids or you have, you know some kids that wet the bed or maybe like your dog gets into your room and whatnot, but um, that's the way you clean piss out of a bed or a memory phone.
So yeah, that's that was my day today, just cleaning up piss. Uh, yesterday, I you know I went to train yesterday. I've been, you know, I've only been able like especially in the last um, month or so. Oh, uh, I've only been able to train about twice a week or so, sometimes three times. Um, I did. I mean, I'll tell you. I I did mention this in the podcast that I didn't post. I tried to do a bot a podcast on the way home from a photo gig, uh, coming from uh, Dublin, but uh, the audio just wasn't up to par. But uh, I ended up getting ringworm, which was, um, which sucked because I've never had ringworm, um, and I really I got really scared because I didn't know the difference at the time. I didn't know what the difference was between ringworm and staph, and um, it's a little scary because. After I got ringworm, uh, three of my teammates, uh, all black belts, they ended up getting staff. Uh, one actually spread it to his his um, his girlfriend, and uh, one of them, another one, relapsed. Like as far as they they cleared it out, they were doing oral um, antibiotics, and uh, they ended up just relapsing and getting it back. And you know that's not always a good sign. And um, I was really scared, so you know, I took a took a about two weeks off from jujitsu around uh, in in early October. Was it October? Uh, late to late September, and from then on, I, I just kept treating it. And what's great about ringworm is you can actually treat it with uh, the same medicine they use for athletes' foot because it's about the same. Um, it's the same. I guess it's the same fungus or bacteria. I don't know, fungus or bacteria, whatever. I think it's fungus. Uh, it's not really a worm, though, from what I found out. And uh, I used the uh, over-the-counter Lotrimin stuff, and it was specifically for ringworm, which sucks because it costs more than um, the the Lotrimin for athlete's foot, and it's the same fucking thing, just branded differently. But uh, that went away. I got cleared by uh, my coach, and I got back to training. So I trained yesterday. Uh learning a lot of cool stuff, uh, stuff that I haven't used in a long time. I used to, back when I was a white and blue belt, I used to use a lot of, not a lot of deep half, but I was using deep half pretty often, uh, kind of ste- steered away from it um, after I started learning leg locks. And, um, you know, Darren, uh, my coach, has been really hammering it into all of us because that's something he's shown to be pretty uh, proven whenever he's going against someone that's bigger than him, and but for me it's been kind of hard going against um, people bigger than me and stronger than me because it's it's uh, you know it it it's all 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 this jujitsu stuff subjective is like what can you pull off and what looks you get and whatnot. But uh, I've been training. I've been seeing a lot of. Uh, uh, I've been training a lot with. Uh, ever you know ever since the the other black belts got staff you know darren's been in the gym uh teaching and it's 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 a good thing because uh, you get to learn stuff from the source at that point uh still training with my, my buddy kyle and um you know my buddy richie he's on his way back in and um and we're starting to see a lot more new faces in the gym and what's good about that is uh you get to teach um I've been teaching on and off as far as uh, uh, not not too much now, but 
you know, there was a point where I was going to, I was just, you know, doing a little bit of uh, vagabonding, like traveling to a different school. And, you know, they asked about, you know, a lot of nogi stuff because you'll be surprised. A lot of these jujitsu uh, schools, they don't teach a lot of nogi. You know, they, they try to stay super um, traditional, like doing stuff in the gi, which is totally fine. I, I get it. But, you know, nogi is still jiu-jitsu it's it's a little bit more submission wrestling but or submission grappling but it's still jiu-jitsu and it, i think it's something everyone needs to know um so training's been good um i went up yesterday against my uh my 300 pound uh training buddy nahel he's a 300 pound uh firefighter or paramedic one or the other and if you've never felt what a 300 pound man feels like on top of you it's it's not fun it it almost feels like you know those monster trucks that run over those busted cars you feel like the car because that huge monster truck is on top of you and you really can't do anything he was nice enough to um let me go i knew he had this kimura because he was he was, he had me dominated because he, you know, he was pretty big and he's pretty strong, much stronger than I am. But he, he let me off on a Kimura, which was really nice because you never, I mean, you know, you can tap in, in, in the training room, but, it, you know, he, he let me, you know, he saved me the embarrassment of getting tapped out by a blue belt, which is totally fine with me. I don't care. I've been tapped out by blue belts. It doesn't matter. Um, but, uh, uh, a lot of deep half stuff that we've been training, um, some entries, and um, hopefully I can, you know, I've I've been able to execute it on some of the lower belts, but you know, hopefully I can get it on someone a little bit bigger. Uh, big news out here in San Francisco: Eddie Wolverine is coming to uh, Richmond, California. He's facing one of uh, San Francisco, one of our guys. Uh, not one of our guys at our at our place, but he's uh, doing a fight to win against a friend of mine, Travis, out of Bay Jiu-Jitsu. It's a big deal for him because he's defending his title um, against Eddie Wolverine. It's gonna be a tough task. Not to, not gonna lie, not gonna lie. But I will be sponsoring him as far as getting him a, a rash guard, a Mighty Beast rash guard. Um, I'll be uh, yeah, I'll be. He's going to be wearing my, one of my rash cards, hopefully, if I can get it designed and ready for him. Um, as well as one of our black belts. He's also competing at that fight to win. Uh, my good friend, uh, James Cotter, Jim Cotter, out of FTCC, our gym. He'll be uh, he'll be competing as well. He'll also be wearing a Mighty Beast a t-shirt, a walkout t-shirt, as well as uh, a rash guard. Um and hopefully uh, another guy from the Guardian Gym. I haven't talked to him yet, but a uh, uh, friend of our gym, uh, uh, Sasha Feynman. He's uh, one of the uh, trainers over there at uh, Guardian Gym. It's a nonprofit gym out in Oakland where they, you know, they use jujitsu and martial arts and combat sports to, you know, give these kids a chance to. Um, not get into those bad situations out in Oakland and 
you know, instead of like gangbanging, selling drugs, doing drugs or whatever, you know, they, they provide a space for these kids to train for free, which is, you know, unheard of because mixed martial arts, uh, martial arts in general is very expensive, especially here in California and in the Bay Area because it is such a big deal. But uh, big things coming from the Guardian Gym, I believe that they're going to be moving to a bigger facility, which is amazing. Um considering what they're doing and, and considering that, you know, they're not charging these kids and, you know, they're, they're taking donations and, you know, everything helps with them. And I, I, I can't believe that they're actually doing this because it's, that's such a big deal. Like given, given back to this community, especially in Oakland, um, jujitsu is, is, has changed lives to be honest. And it's changed my life. And I'm just glad that they're out there doing that stuff. Uh, speaking of jujitsu and other places, um, you know, uh, my buddy Kyle and uh, Kyle Richie, uh, Kyle uh, Rudeau and Richie Mercado f- from our gym, as well as uh, uh, Dulok Zilog Jordan. Uh, he's a white belt at our gym as well. Uh, they went out to uh, visit a friend, uh, John Tulio. He's a purple belt with us at FTCC as well. And, you know, he's trying to spread kind of like the Guardian Gym um not he's not spreading Guardian Jim's knowledge, but he's kind of doing what they're doing. But out in the Philippines, uh, he helps. Um, he's helping to bring jujitsu out there, and uh, they are. You know, jujitsu is jujitsu is everywhere. You know, it's 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 even in the third world countries. And um, Kyle Rado was was uh, throwing a seminar out there because they were going to be out there in, in Bacolod, Philippines. And um, I saw some videos and some really good things coming out from over there. And, you know, their jiu-jitsu is a little bit uh, dated, but what's great is when, when people like that go out to uh, Philippines and they show show them all the, the new stuff, that the stuff that they should be learning, that, you know, that's that's a great thing because, you know, they you know they don't have like the total resources that we have out here with all the the great jujitsu and the great martial arts but uh you know won championships out there and um you know people in the philippines could benefit some be- from some better jujitsu uh they have plans of throwing a, a a really cool tournament out there um i believe richie might be getting a super fight out there but um it's great to see people from here bringing their knowledge out there and you know really getting getting these guys up to date on jiu-jitsu and uh I'm going to be trying and I'm I'm not saying I am but I'm I'm trying to get them sponsored by us here at Mighty Beast to um wear our rash cards uh, for their matches and you know that's in the work that's going to be in January um but big things coming from from all over the place uh, with regards to jujitsu, uh, speaking of jujitsu, uh, did get to see a little bit of that last quintet event. And man, if you, if you saw the, uh, 10th planet versus Polaris, uh, team, uh, matches, it was, it was amazing because, you know, 10th planet, they're, you know, they're always, they're world renowned jujitsu players. They've pretty much made up their own style with Eddie Bravo and whatnot. And, you know, a couple of local guys were there as well. Like, uh, um, actually, only one local guy that I know of was uh, Big Red out of San Mateo's uh, Plant, Ten Planet San Mateo, and 
they, uh, you know, they were doing really well up until uh, they they met Craig Jones out of Polaris, and uh, oh, Gregor Gracie was also the one that uh, really took about. I think that he took out one or was it two or three. I think two people out, and then before he got tired, and you know, Craig Jones kind of just put the icing on the cake with some crazy, crazy leg locks. I think it was like a almost like a Delaheva bait to ankle lock. It was insane. He, I believe he tapped out Geo and Boogie with with some some crazy shit. Great stuff from Quintet. I, I kind of like, I like the concept. Still kind of like the EBI format, but uh, Quintet is, 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 is starting to come up, which is cool. Um, in other... Another news, I mean, another uh, MMA jiu-jitsu news, or MMA in general. Um, you know, people keep talking about all this Conor McGregor stuff, and, you know, I, I don't know if I want to give my take on that because it's so old or whatnot, but um, Conor McGregor is actually looking for a rematch. You know, he, he kind of said something today Um with regards to, you know, what went down in this fight. And, uh, you know, kudos to him for sticking around and not doing a Ronda Rousey and, um, you know, like kind of just going into the shadows. But, he you know, right after he lost, he was right back in in the media. He was at Dallas Cowboys Stadium. And um, it's crazy. Like, he you know, he made a ton of money off of this because he was co-promoting and everything. And I did see... His whiskey, I think it was promoted on, I think that was a PFL the other day. And speaking of the PFL, if you haven't seen Ray Cooper the third, I mean that guy, I mean he, granted you know he, he picked off uh, at PFL three I believe he you know he knocks uh, Jake Shields he TKOs Jake Shields, uh, but I mean you know Jake Shields is. Um, you know he's he's kind of on the tail end of his career. Um, he's never been the best striker, but uh, he had a lot of trouble getting uh, Ray Cooper down. And uh, Ray Cooper, you know, hardcore Hawaiian wrestler slash boxer, doesn't even throw kicks. I mean, he just walks him down and and, and knocks him out. Uh, he fought this past weekend, and he you know he rematched um, Jake Shields and put him down again, which was amazing because. Uh, Anyone that can do that to you, pretty much the same way. I mean, he's got some skills. He got he's got power. Uh, a lot of good anti anti jiu-jitsu and anti wrestling. So that I mean that was amazing. I mean he he ended up fighting twice that night. He beats the guy after beating Jake Shields. He beats the guy. He you know he lost to um, in the in the past. Uh, kind of the same way. Catches him with some hands and then just pounds him out. So Ray Cooper the third. I mean, I I started following him right after he knocked out Jake Shields the second time, and uh, I'm sure his uh, his stake is gonna get pretty high. Um, I was listening to uh, Ariel Helwani's uh, MMA show, and uh, they had uh, Eddie Alvarez on there, and he was talking about how you know how free agency for these fighters is probably uh you know the best thing and he's saying that you know if you don't test free agency you're only cutting yourself yourself short and uh 
um, I believe him. You know, he's you know he's pretty much done it all as far as combat sports. I mean, not combat sports, but as far as MMA. I mean, he's got a title in every major organization, and you know he thinks that One FC is actually going to be uh, almost as big as the UFC. I mean, if you think about it, One FC pretty much rule, rules Asia, and you know Asia has tons of eyes, tons of people. Um, they also have, uh, you know, people like Shinya Yoki, uh, Gary Tonin, uh, Angela Lee. She's fighting for, she's trying to make some history in the next couple of weeks by being the first female uh, dual champion, which is amazing, you know. Um, but she's got a tough task against, uh, you know, the uh, the 115 champ over there. Because uh, that, that, that bitch got hands, the Chinese guy, I forget her name, but she's got hands. Uh, coming up this weekend, we have a, uh, I believe this, is this going to be the last, um, UFC fight night on, uh, FS1? I don't know. Maybe the last of the year. I'm not sure. Maybe, maybe not. Um, headliners of Vulcan, uh, Ozdemir versus Anthony Smith, which is a great fight. Um, other than that on the card I mean you you don't have too much too much going on uh, just to give you a rundown of the card uh, notable names uh, Stevie Ray um, against uh, Justin Ayari I don't know who that guy is um, who else we got here Nordine Taleb Sean Strickland uh, Alex Garcia versus uh, Court McGee. Ed Herman versus Gian Vellante. Uh, that's uh, Chris Wyman's homie. Jonathan Martinez versus uh, Andre Sukmantoth. That's the guy that fought um, Sean O'Malley. Uh, Patrick Cummins, the wrestler, versus uh, Misha Kurkunov. Sturkunov. Uh, Co-main event is Michael Johnson, Artem Lobov. Now, Artem Lobov, if you look at his records, 13-14-1. So, you know, he's he's right under 500. <laughs> but uh, then you got the main event, Vulcan Ozdemir versus Anthony Smith. Um, it's going to be an interesting fight. Uh, Vulcan Ozdemir, I think he's on a, uh, on a layoff. He does train with Henry Hooft. Uh, Anthony Smith, he's he's been on tear. It just starched. Shogun not too long ago um, I don't know that's going to be a tough fight uh, the Michael Johnson Artem Lobov fight that's very interesting considering um, you know Artem Lobov has been actually kind of quiet rel- relatively quiet especially after the whole Conor McGregor thing and then you know Michael Johnson he's always an exciting fight fought the who's who in uh in the in the featherweight slash uh, lightweight division, but uh, looks like you know it's. But you never know these these cards could, you know these these cards are always those types of cards that, um, that end up having some good fights on there. I mean this is, it's going to be in Moncton, New Brunswick, Canada, so, uh, you know there's there's a lot of exposure in Canada for here. I'm pretty sure there's a lot of uh, I don't know how many Canadians are on this, but um, let's make some fight picks. So, 
I'll only do the main card because doing all the cards, I, like I start forgetting and shit. So, um, Alex Garcia, Court McGee. You know, Alex Garcia, super strong. Court McGee is super strong as a wrestler. I think Alex Garcia probably gets it done. You know, Court McGee's. I mean, unless Court McGee can can get inside and he can, you know, Khabib him to death. You know, Alex Garcia just he's kind of a monster. Um, he, I mean, he's he's a Dominican Republic. He's from the Dominican Republic. He's five nine, one seventy. I mean, his last fight, he, he lost the unanimous decision of, to Ryan, the retired line of uh, Ryan Lafair. Um, other than that, you know, he's he's been switching. Uh, he's been switching from wins losses. But when he does win, it looks like he's, you know, he's he's won via knockout, he's won via submission. Um, don't know what he's gonna bring to the table this time, but um, I think he gets it done uh, via knockout, maybe uh, second round, I'd say. Uh, Ed Herman, Gian Vellante, you know, Gian, Vellante, Gian Vellante is, you know, he's. He's solid. He, I believe he did. He play football. Not sure, but uh, you know he's been he's been on and off wins and he's been doing win loss win loss as well. I mean, he, the last fight he, you know, he got he lost the split decision to Sam Alvey, which is, I mean, he should have beat Sam Alvey to be honest. Um, he also lost to Patrick Cummins, who was on the same card. Um, you know, he got TKO'd by by Shogun. Um, I mean, his last win was a split, a split call for, uh, against Francis Francis Samar uh, Barroso back in uh, January. So he's got a lot of work ahead of him. Um, but you know, him fighting Ed Herman, you know, Ed Herman's kind of a veteran. Um, who knows how long his his chin's going to hold up? I mean, Ed. I think his his uh, name was Short Fuse. I think, uh, I mean, he's been alternating wins and losses, but he's actually lost two in a row. Uh, his last loss coming from CB Dalloway. It's a unanimous decision. He also lost by knockout back in, um, back in uh, 2016 against Nikita Krylov. Krylov, sorry. Um, so, you know, this one's going to be a toss up for me, but I think uh, if Vellante can can use his power. I mean, Edmund Herman, he's got power, but you know, I think he used to compete at a, at a smaller weight class at that point, but uh, I'm going to go with Gian. I think he grinds him out. But, you know, I'm, I might change that. I think I'm going to go with Ed Herman. I think Ed Herman catches him early and he, you know, puts him on his ass. First round knockout. Uh, next, we got Jonathan Martinez and Andre Sukmantath. Tunnel up. Yeah. Um, this is at 135. Uh, this will be uh, Jonathan Martinez's UFC debut. And uh, he... N- not not too much data on him. You know, he's 32 years old. Uh, he's 5'7". 9-1. Um, only loss coming from... Uh, 
Matt Schnell, who's also a, a UFC fighter, up and coming. He actually trains out in, um, with CSA uh, towards the end of his camps, which is, you know, cool because Darren uh, works with him. So um, Andre comes off, I think he's coming off a loss uh, from Sean. O- yeah, he is coming off a, mo- a loss with uh, Sean O'Malley. Uh, he's been alternating here and there, but, uh, you know, prior to this, I mean, he lost unanimous to Sean O'Malley and then got a TKO uh, toward the end of uh, 2017 against Luke Sanders. Um, sorry, guys. Uh, got cut off there. I guess my uh, app, uh, I guess it records an hour at a time, but because um, I was rambling for another maybe like 10 minutes or so. But we'll move on to... Um, Patrick Cummins versus Misha uh, Surkinov. Um, I really think that more than likely Misha Surkinov is probably going to win this fight um, unless Patrick Cummings could um, Patrick Cummings can come in and, and use his wrestling. But um, I just don't see it happening at this point. Uh, Misha Surkinov is probably going to knock him out in the second round, so that's going to be my pick. Uh, Michael Johnson versus uh, Artem Lobov. I'm going with Michael Johnson just because, you know, his resume and you know he's fought Khabib and he's fought he's fought the who's who of um, the lightweight division as well as some of the people in the flyweight uh, not flyweight but the uh, featherweight division. So I'm going Michael Johnson and I'm saying he's probably gonna knock him out probably in the second round. Uh, next we move on to Volkanovsky to Anthony Smith. Uh, this is going to be probably an early stoppage. I think it's probably going to go two rounds. Um, Anthony Smith, uh, he's got a, a lot of experience uh, compared to Vulcan. Vulcan, his last loss was to Daniel Cormier. Um, he's also had a longer layoff. So I say Anthony Smith takes this probably in the second round via TKO or stoppage. TKO or knockout, one or the other. And um, those are my picks. I I don't know if I. I don't know if I picked. I think I did pick the. I finished my Jonathan Martinez versus Andre. I'm not even going to say his last name anymore. Um, But I'm going to pick Jonathan Martinez having a good. um, Having a good UFC debut. And he's probably going to take it. So. Those are my picks for the UFC Fight Night 138, the Vulcan vs. Smith. Um, that's going to conclude our podcast today. I want to thank you guys for joining me, and uh, hopefully that we can knock some of these podcasts out at least twice a week. Um, and I want to thank you guys for listening again, and have a good night, and I'll see you again.